Oh, it's been recording oh, this entire time. You said go. <laughs> so cool. I mean, I did, but I didn't know if you like needed to like have a second to eat your sandwich. Oh no, I'm not. just gonna just munch along. Yeah, pretty much. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. How are you today? Um, I've been better. Feeling a little under the weather. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. What is new? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, Ian and I were talking this week about like money, as you sure. do as a couple sometimes. And he's like, where does all your money go? To and things. I'm like, I am sick so much, bro. Yeah. Do you, like, I was, I would ask, do you know how many doctors I go to? Right. But you do know. Mm-hmm. So there, there you go. He's like, but you have health insurance. I was like, oh, I know. I still got that deductible, though. Yeah. Health insurance is kind of stupid. It is <sighs> infuriating to me. Um, when I was, when I was in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed a medication, t- med- mm. medication urgently. Uh-huh. I combine medication and urgent. So there you go. Medication. You're Perfect. welcome. Um, I needed a medication urgently and mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I do that here? Right. And they're like, oh, you can just go on this online thing for this pharmacy. Cause it's not like, it's not like a controlled substance or anything like that. Um, I honestly just literally had a UTI and mm-hmm. I was like, I need some antibiotics for this. And they're like, oh yeah, you just go online and you answer these questions and then you just go pick it up and that's it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, how much is that? They're like, it's nothing. Yeah. And I was like, but don't they have to like see me? They have to like take my temperature and stuff. And they're like, mm, you're a grown up. Like, I'm pretty sure you know right, right, right. what's wrong with your body. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh wild and if you were unsure then you would probably want to see a doctor yeah uti is pretty obvious it's pretty clear (laughs) what's going on there yeah it's it's not as helpful (laughs) no and then i got back and then like i have a problem where basically it's like if i get a uti it's i'm gonna get another one super like quickly afterwards yeah um my body just be sensitive like that yeah i went to Like, I called my GP, and I was like, hey, can you just call me in a prescription of antibiotics for this? And she was like, no, you have to come in for an office visit. And I was like, great. So I am appreciative for the insurance that I do have and the ability to pay my medical bills because some people are not as fortunate. Which I guess now is a good time to say because, uh... I don't know if it's the next time we record or not. No, I think we have, like, one or two more episodes to record before I have my face surgery. Uh, yes, we've got two more. Yes. And then I'm going to have my sinus surgery. Yeah, and then we're off for a week. Because I won't be able. At the moment. Yep, because I will not be functional. Yes. Getting a new nose. Not really. Just fixing the one that I've got. (laughs) You're not buying a new car. <laughs> no, I am not. I I do not have the dollars for that. Which I think is dumb. I mean, not like it's dumb that you don't have enough money to cover it, but I think it's dumb that like something that improves your life is so um costly. Oh, yeah. I guess. And that's how I feel about anything like that. It was a challenge to get it scheduled. Yeah simply because of like my work schedule and stuff like that and like the time I was gonna get approved for it because they were like yeah 
like you need surgery you're gonna have to have surgery at some point that's what you had said but your insurance is probably gonna want you to jump through these hoops before they'll pay for it which is so dumb because you need it like a doctor is telling you you need this yep but i still had to jump through all the hoops and then by the time i jumped through all the hoops it was like too late towards the end of the year to schedule it so i had met my deductible for last year yeah and it's not going to count because it's going to be in a whole new calendar year restarting that clock yeah so excited can't wait i just well now i don't even need my health insurance anymore it feels because i don't (laughs) i don't go to the doctor anymore i'm not going to the doctor who does that um i mean yeah it's kind of how i feel because i've just been dicked around here in the state of south carolina when i've gone to the doctor like oh yeah that's all that's been happening nothing will ever be worse to me, though, than the time I had to go to the doctor in Oklahoma. I have had the worst medical experiences within the state of Oklahoma. And the first time I, like, was when I was at summer camp. Mm-hmm. And I broke my arm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, what I... was the summer camp? It was church camp, okay? okay. <laughs> it was church camp. I was out there for three weeks. Okay. Twas a lot. That's a long time. It is a very long time. And I was like, hey, I've broken my arm twice before. I know what it feels like. This is that. Mm. And since it was church camp, they're like, you're fine. Let's pray about it. And I was like, "Mm, no, we need to get it checked out. And I called my mom. And then she called the camp and was like, you better take her to the emergency room right the fuck now. So they took me, they did x-rays, and then the ER discharged me before the radiologist looked at the x-rays. Okay, sure. Apparently somebody was like, no, you're probably fine. It's just a really bad sprain. I don't see anything obvious. Because, like, sometimes doctors will look at it. And then they'll still have a radiologist review it because a radiologist will catch things they don't. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the ER doctor was like, you're great. Have a good one. So they sent me back to camp. Everybody was like, yeah, Tiffany, you're just dramatic. And I was like, my hand is literally turning green. Well, it was my wrist, but yeah. I was like, that means this shit broken. Yeah. Two days later, my mom got a phone call and they were like, hey, so you're like the parent slash guardian of Tiffany Campbell and she needs to come back mm-hmm. and get a cast because her arm is super fucking broken. And I was like, oh, that's... A super great experience. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So there was that. And then when I lived in Oklahoma for a little while, uh, I developed a mass literally on the back of my head, like at the base of my skull. Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctor and they were like, "Mm, could be cancer, could be nothing. And I was like, great. Could we find out? And they were like, "Mm, let's watch it for a while. And I was like, but what if we just, like, found out what it was? Yeah. And they are like, no, it'll be fine. And I'm like, but I was, like, 19. Sure. I mean, yeah. And I had no clue what I was doing. So I was, like, calling my mom. And my mom, apparently, later on, I found out. She's like, yeah, I tried to act like it really wasn't bothering me, but I was freaking out. Obviously, since I was 19, it's not like I could be like, can you talk to my mom on the phone? Because they're like, no, you're a grown-up. Deal with it yourself. So, yeah, did not have a great experience with doctors when I was in Oklahoma. Well, that sounds way worse. If it makes you feel any better, doctors here in South Carolina, the first time I broke my arm 
pulled the same shit where I broke my arm and they're like, no, you're fine. And I don't even have doctors. Me, yeah, they I called like me back. <sighs> I remember it was the Friday before Mother's Day mm-hmm. because I procrastinated on buying my mom a Mother's Day gift. And I was like, I'm going today to the store and we're going to get mom her Mother's Day gift. Joke was on you. And they were like, psych, bitch, you're going to get a cast. That's a different kind of gift. Yeah. The gift of being a pain in the ass, <laughs> which I had already gotten her before. Well, you know. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. With children, I guess. Pretty much. I can't wait for <laughs> that at some point. Not now. <laughs> can't wait to hear about that. No. From afar. No. No. <laughs> I asked Alex last night if we have a son and he's a hothead like me and not like him. He's. I was like, what would you do? Like, yeah. you're Mr. Chill, but like, what if our son's not? And he just happens to inherit a little bit more of my personality that way. And he goes, I'll just make fun of him until he mellows out. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. Bullying children will actually like, we go. We'll solve everything. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> I see no way that could end poorly. <laughs> well, do you want to take a quick break? Yes. case file let's get into it this week's topic is models it is who are you talking about i am talking about the case of jasmine fiore how about you i'm talking about kelsey turner and thomas Uchard. i actually did research jasmine for like a half really? second i did yes and i think you have the quote this week i do yes. i do have the quote this week the quote is, beauty is not in the face, beauty is in the light in the heart. I'll take that in for a moment. <laughs> That's my Khalil. <laughs> I can't. Oh my <laughs> I'm God. laughing at your face. <laughs> I went full zen. Ah, uh, you did. <laughs> Listen, I meditated yesterday at work. Mm, yeah. And it was great. I can't. It's too chaotic at my job. <laughs> So it is way too chaotic at my job as well, but they've lately instilled mm-hmm. this thing. It's called Zen in 10. Oh. And it is a 10-minute guided meditation. You know, it just kind of feels like a slap in the face. Because if your place of employment needs to instill yeah. things like that, why don't you take a look within? <laughs> What's going on? Look at the inside. Don't give me tools to deal with this. <laughs> you fix this. I think, unfortunately... The veterinary field just is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Like, it is slowly ugh. being improved. That's how I feel the same way about education. I'm just but, like, it should not be on the employee to fix the internal problems yes. in an establishment. I just don't agree with that. No, that's very fair. So, I mean, it's great. I'm glad that they did that. I was going to say, I've just worked in places where it's like... It's probably hey, way worse. It's way stressful. And also, go fuck yourself and yeah. your mental health. Why do you need a mental health day? Because that's not important. For sure. I get it. I'm just like, yeah. I've been like, especially with like on TikTok, I'm like hearing all these teachers like stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy yeah. that like everyone's expecting these people, employees, to fix their work environment like that i just don't understand doesn't make any sense no but now i do have a a soapbox oh right now hop right on there (laughs) well so there is a um, national association for vet techs Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like governing body over who gets to be licensed technician who doesn't they have a strong hand in like 
influencing different like law changes things like that they have Mm -hmm. like lobbyists who are like make it where only licensed techs can do these things blah 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 whatever title protection shit like that stuff that's really good there is a woman that i'm like acquaintances with and Mm -hmm. she was nominated for a position on their board and it was like fuck yeah she's gonna be really good to like i think a lot of people are gonna vote for her And she's very outspoken in the veterinary community about, like, things need to change. Like, she's a strong proponent of, like, unions and Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, just really looking out for yourself because a corporation isn't going to. Mm -hmm. They just took her off the ballot. Oh! They're like, our selection committee has picked the people. They're like, they released the nominees. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was like, oh, great. I think I know, like, I want to vote for this person or I think this person. Like, talking about who they were going to support. And then they release the final ballot, and they're like, here's the actual ballot. We had a selection committee, an internal selection committee, decide who was and wasn't going to be on the ballot. And they basically, like, cut all of the people who are, like, actually outspoken about, like, changing. And they're not really giving any reasons as to why. So that's my current, like, fuck the system. But, yeah. Anyways, it has nothing to do with today's topic or today's drink. No. Today's drink is a toasted frozen coconut mojito. I'm scared. I feel like perhaps I'm going to start making these drinks in advance, Mm -hmm. and you're going to blind taste them. Okay. That way, if it's just awful, it's just awful, and there's no way I can fix this. That's true. This drink, I feel as though, had I attempted it a couple more times, I probably could have gotten exactly what I wanted, Mm -hmm. or maybe the recipe is just... Bad. Bad. That's possible, too. I've really come to find that drink recipes is way more of, like, a hit or miss than food recipes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Way more. Although, I tried to make a... There's a girl I follow on TikTok, um, Justine Snacks. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I've Uh, seen some of her videos. I love her videos. They're so, like, aesthetically pleasing and, like, ASMR-esque and everything. Mm -hmm. And she's got, like, a really great voice. And there was this one recipe that she made with, like, squash and cabbage, and it just looked so fucking amazing. And I made it, and I was like, this ain't it. Yeah. If you guys didn't figure it out, I already tasted this earlier out of my blender. Um, so. Well, I'm going to taste it real fast. Um, I will say, in this drink, there is mint simple syrup, which I made homemade, You've got white rum, like coconut milk, lime juice, ice, obviously, and then you can garnish with coconut flakes and a sprig of mint. Neither one of us really like coconut that much, though, so I didn't heavy hand the coconut. I'm scared. It has potential. Don't get me wrong. The flavors have potential. It is the delivery, though. I feel like it needs to be more slushy. It leaves a bit to be desired. It also needs more sweetness, I feel like. Yeah. Like, way more sweetness. Like, it's just kind of bleh. Yeah. But yes. you know what it tastes like? No, I don't. I don't know what it tastes like, but you tell me. It's like, it's like, I'm sticking with my gym theme. Sure. On the audacity scale. Yes, which, if you could explain real fast, for those who may not yeah, have listened you know, before. we rate our drinks uh, based on the audacity of a mediocre white man. We sure do. And... One is the best because you don't want to be audacious. Mm -hmm. Ten is the worst because that's way too many audacities. Way too many. I'm going to give this a five. Oof. Right in the middle of the pack. 
I feel like it's not terrible, but it's not great. This is a guy who went to the gym and didn't really get in anybody's way, but he brought his girlfriend's gym bag to the gym on accident and used her body spray after the workout. That's funny. Um, and if he just, like, fixed a few things, he could be doing better. Yeah. It needs to be sweeter. It needs more ice. It should be slushier than and, like, what it is. I'm it's getting almost, almost like milk. I was going to say, I'm, like, getting, like, a soapy aftertaste yeah. almost. And I, that ain't it for it me. It needs, I need, like, more mint flavor than what I currently have from the mint simple syrup. And it only called for, like, an ounce of mint simple syrup, which, yeah. like, doesn't feel like a lot since the blender can serve four drinks. Oh, God. So that's an ounce of sweetness split four ways. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely needs some tweaking. Yeah. It, Oof. I don't know. I mean, I'd give it, like, an eight. That's fair. It's pretty gross. <laughs> like, it's not good, but the thing is, like, I gave it a five for its potential. It, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, this could be, like, with some tweaks, this could be a great drink. Again, is it something that I would order? Probs not, just because I'm not a big coconut person. But, yeah. It could really be a lot better. Do you want to give us our fun fact? I do. If my screen could decide on if it wants to be dark or not. It's another relatively short one. Some studies suggest that a diet rich in coconut milk may help save... Not save. That's not it. We're doing well. Not the word. Save. Save off is what I was going to say. What does that mean? I'm not sure. I don't really know (laughs) what you're getting at, but I appreciate it. It would help fight the effects of amnesia is what I'm trying Ah. to say in smart people terms that I just shouldn't bother trying to say. It's all good. It's all good. Apparently, it's because in coconut milk, it has a lot of iron, which helps maintain a healthy level of red blood cells. You mean anemia? I do. Okay. Not that either. This is going well. Oh, boy. It can fight anemia because it's got all the red blood cell boosting properties. Yes. Got it. Yes. It's all good. Fun facts are hard sometimes, especially when you haven't read them in, like, six months. <laughs> especially when you were a little too prepared, so yeah. it's no longer fresh. Yeah, and also, my mic's, like, kind of in the way of my words, so I'm like, oh. I saw the A, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna go with amnesia. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That makes the most sense. That definitely tracks. <laughs> good enough for me. So, maybe don't listen to my fun facts, because what do I know? It's gonna be great. <laughs> And you're going first, yeah? I am, yes. Let me find it. There it is. Mm -hmm. Um, My research came from three different articles from the USA Today uh, website. People website, of course. People.com. Of course. Of course. (laughs) The scandalous of all websites, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Californian. All right. Which is a whole – I got most of it from that. Oh, my God. My computer screen – keeps lowering its brightness because it's trying to like save my battery yeah. but it's like all the way dark so i can't see anything my battery's fine um okay so anyways i'll do this as quickly as i can <laughs> in 2019 former playboy maxim model made headlines when she was arrested in connection to the murder of a well-respected 71 year old child psychiatrist well 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 thomas who was the psychiatrist had worked at um, a hospital for roughly 40 years, and he began there as a child psychiatrist and then retained many of his clients into their adulthood. He, of course, retired as he was 71, but his retirement, he only worked four days a week because he was worried about his clients finding a new psychiatrist. Oh, that's so precious. Right? Oh my god. I know. That made me so happy, like, to read as someone who wants to go to mental health. (laughs) 
That is... Oh, I love that. Prior to moving to Las Vegas, Kelsey Turner lived in a California home where Thomas paid her 3200 monthly rent. They had a on and off again relationship over a span of a couple years. Okay. Um, this focuses really on like the last two years of their relationship, so I'm not sure if they only knew each other two years mm-hmm. or if it is more than that or whatever. On March 1st of 2019, Thomas was making a decision to visit Kelsey for a little trip. He planned to stay at her four-bedroom home in Vegas, which Thomas also rented for Kelsey and her four-year-old son, which, that's pretty generous. That is very generous. Kelsey did have roommates, but according to a roommate named Diana, Kelsey wanted everyone out during Thomas's stay so he wouldn't know who was actually staying with her. Well, I wonder if they were paying her rent, and since she wasn't actually paying the rent, she was just taking that money as income. Possible. I... Got a different vibe that maybe Thomas was just affording the lifestyle for all these people in Vegas, Mm. and no one was paying any rent. I don't know, though. Diana left the home on March 1st for her night... Oh, also, just as, like, a little heads up, a lot of this information that I'm going to give you comes from Diana, who is, like, was a key eyewitness in, like, testimony of the events that occurred in this Las Vegas home and what took place during Thomas's visit with Kelsey. So, I guess you could say it's hearsay, but a lot of it did stand, like, during the trial and everything. So, I mean... Good enough for a jury. Good enough for a jury. Good enough for someone to want to use her... Right. Eyewitness testimony, I mean... Which right. we know isn't stellar, It's not, like, the but, gold standard, but also... It's the closest I've gotten to any information about what happened. Yeah. Otherwise, everything was really loosey-goosey, and I was like, what? what is happening here? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, anyway, so Diana left the home... On March 1st for her night shift as a bartender at Caesars Palace, and when she returned a little after 2 Mm a.m., she said that everything appeared normal. I guess Kelsey's son was, like, staying in her bedroom, and Thomas was then staying in her son's bedroom. I'm picking up really sketch vibes. Yep. However, later on March 2nd, things took a turn. An individual dating a roommate showed up to the home drunk, which, whoops, wasn't what Kelsey wanted because she wanted minimal people there. Thomas decided to take this individual for a short drive, which then caused Kelsey to become agitated, according to the witness. Great. This resulted in a bigger argument amongst three or four roommates. There are some terms that were thrown around about Thomas, and I didn't... I don't love the picture it paints of someone who can't defend themselves. Yeah. But anyway, so Kelsey's really just worried that she's going to lose out on her meal ticket. Her sugar daddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. Around 2 a.m. on March 3rd, a group of individuals, including Thomas and Kelsey, drove to pick up Diana from work. When they were returning home, Thomas, who was driving, got lost, so Kelsey grabbed his phone to pull up GPS and navigate them back to Kelsey's house, which is when she found racy messages on Thomas's phone. What low? Of course, another argument broke out. This time, it resulted in physical violence between the couple. Once they got to Kelsey's house, Kelsey's son was then sent to stay with a friend of hers elsewhere, Mm -hmm. not in the home. At this point, things just continue escalating. Mm -hmm. Kelsey and Thomas are just going back and forth. Kelsey keeps saying, give me space. Thomas then does so. She follows him. Oh, God. Immediately gets agitated and is like, I need space again. Goes back downstairs. And just repeat. Yeah. Eventually, all of this repetition comes to a head when Kelsey demanded money for what she had seen on Thomas's phone, so ultimately blackmailing him. Yeah. There were claims that the messages were between Thomas and Kelsey's mother. Whoops. 
I don't really know what to say about this. Um, I'm not sure what to do with that. I obviously don't know if that's true, but I just feel like blackmail may not be the best option. <laughs> there are options, and yeah. Yeah. Thomas, of course, slammed the door in Kelsey's face at the claim of, give me more money. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm reporting you. Kelsey also had a boyfriend staying with her. They'd been hanging out with the group while Thomas was around. Okay. His name is John. When Thomas slammed the door in Kelsey's face, John then got up and broke the door down with a baseball bat in hand. Cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. John and Thomas then wrestled to the ground, which is when Thomas claimed he needed to go to the hospital as he now had a large purple bruise above his temple. Thomas said he would explain to medical staff that he had been mugged, not that this whole incident occurred, and the group agreed and headed for Kelsey's car, a blue Mercedes parked in the garage. Mm-hmm. According to the eyewitness testimony, Thomas confided that he believed Kelsey was planning on murdering him. Thomas and the eyewitness, who is Diana, get into the car together. Kelsey and John don't. So while Thomas and um, Thomas and uh, Diana are in the car talking about this, Kelsey and John are actually inside grabbing a jacket. Mm-hmm. Then they come back out and interrupt that conversation happening between the two. Diana said she didn't believe thomas's claims like that would be yeah that's crazy well i mean okay that'd be like if someone was like oh, i think tiffany's gonna kill me i'd be like what no no like that's crazy like i think it'd be one of those things yeah. but you actually don't know right you never know <laughs> you never know <laughs> so which i'm is not like, gonna murder anybody just no <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there but yeah no, no it's the same concept that's the thing with like every, that's how they feel every murder is like exactly. you don't know people exactly you don't know your neighbors you don't know your friends even your relatives you don't know yep it's just, that's just how it is. Kelsey and John interrupt the conversation between Thomas and Diana by saying they would like to clean the house before they go to the hospital. Diana immediately gets out of the car. A lot of things have been happening. I don't, ugh, my heart kind of goes to Diana in a way because it's like, she gives me Alex vibes, you know, like just yeah. wants to keep the peace and just do whatever. So yeah. like the situation's over with, but I don't know if that's actually the case or not. But anyways... She got out and starts cleaning. Like, she goes upstairs to, like, where the fight took place, and she's stripping, like, bedding off that has blood on it and, like, trying to clean up the mess. Thomas refuses. This is the last fight, which concludes with Thomas's life being taken away. Mm -hmm. John bludgeoned him to death. According to the coroner's report, he had been bludgeoned with a small object. Okay. In the eyewitness report... Diana said she came back downstairs upon hearing, like, the screaming in the garage. And so she goes to, like, interrupt it or see what's going on. I'm not sure. But she says she is talking to Kelsey, not in the garage, but, like, right outside of it, like, Mm -hmm. inside the house still. And that's when John comes in, covered in blood, holding a gun. So if that is accurate, then I'm assuming he blundered him with a gun. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It is inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, he also had a baseball bat, though, so it's like... There were it, options. It's all over the place. When Thomas didn't return home, his long-term girlfriend, Judy, reported him missing. This actually was a couple of days. She can't get a hold of him, is trying to reach him, he's not answering, his phone's off, whatever, but then she gets a weird text message kind of trying to get her bank information, and she's like, well, that's weird, because it doesn't sound like him, and two, he already has that information. Right. Then she calls the cops, and yep. it's like, hey, my boyfriend went to Vegas, and 
I haven't heard yeah. from him, like, directly, you know? Mm-hmm. The group in Las Vegas, of course, gets a little story together that Thomas had left for California to go mm-hmm. home with a couple of random guys who Kelsey didn't know. Oh, as most wealthy 71-year-olds yes. But Thomas thankfully did leave his phone and bank information behind. Oh, that's so helpful. Before departing. Because that's what I would do. Of course, Thomas's loved ones are not buying yeah. this, and they're very suspicious of Kelsey's involvement mm-hmm. in his disappearance. Police were eventually called to a suspicious vehicle near Lake Mead on March 7th, so it didn't take too long to start piecing things together. And this is where Thomas was found in the trunk of the car with the baseball bat. Up until then, he's just a missing person. They don't know what's happened. Yeah. His phone is off, and then it's on, and it's pinging places, and then it goes back off. So, like, they're thinking, okay, mm-hmm. like, he's out there, he's just missing or something. Yeah. Then they find his body, and then they process that scene. It's immediately a homicide. Yeah. Someone murdered him. Kelsey was arrested two weeks after Thomas had been found mm-hmm. and was immediately charged with his murder. Kelsey's boyfriend, John, and Turner's roommate, Diana, were also taken into custody. By June of 2019, Diana eventually pled guilty to accessory to murder while John pleaded guilty to a second-degree murder. Diana didn't really do anything, which is why I feel bad. The only thing she didn't do was she didn't She didn't tell, tell. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And she knew what was going on, but it just seems so, like, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Like, I don't... She made the wrong friends. Pretty much, but, I, like, I don't have enough information to really feel that way. It's just, like... If that's the case, that fucking sucks, though. Yeah. But at the same time, like... I mean, if you see someone get murdered, maybe you someone tell somebody? Someone got murdered, uh. so, like, maybe we put a pause on the loyalty <laughs> button. Maybe. Maybe. John has been sentenced to between 18 and 45 years. Kelsey is still awaiting sentencing, which is scheduled to take place January of next year. Hey. Right. Um, I think it's January 10th. I might actually have the information by the time we, like, have this live. I'm not sure. She's already served three years, though. Okay. Because of the plea deal she took, Mm -hmm. she's admitting, well, she's not really admitting guilt. She's maintaining her innocence while confirming there's enough evidence to convict her. Oh, good. That's what it is. She could serve a minimal of, like, ten years, and she's already served three. Thomas's loved ones are like, that's super fucking, fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's not enough. Yeah. And they don't feel like this person is is capable of learning anything in that time. Yeah. Being in Understandable. Prison. But so that is Kelsey Turner and and Thomas returned, so that's tough. It does sound like he was a I was gonna say, it's pretty not, nice it guy. Like he was a nice guy. That's why I'm like, oh, I hate like the term like Sugar daddies do exist, yes, obviously. But, like, that doesn't make them a bad person. No. I don't feel. I don't think being a sugar daddy is a bad thing. Also, like... Good for you. If you're a sugar baby and you're sleeping with men so they take care of you financially, like, your lifestyle so you don't have to work. Yeah. That doesn't make that person that's financing your lifestyle a bad person. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. I just... I don't know. From, like, the whole, like still working and stuff. It's just that I'm not getting, like, red flags on his end. Yeah. It seems like he probably was a playboy. And I was going to say, but was open about it. Was open about it. Everybody knew. Didn't really want to settle down. And, like, whatever. Hey, man, if that's how you want to live your life, who am I to tell you you're fucking it up? It's kind of how I feel. Eh. So. Well, that is an interesting case. A lot of. Convoluted. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that sometimes. I mean, there's still information coming. Like, it's. It's still pretty new. Yeah. Like, stuff is still coming to the surface. Yeah. Maybe we'll have an update for that then. Maybe. 
or at least a sentencing so like we know if she actually is there you go <laughs> if justice will be served <laughs> it's a great question i doubt it but you know whatever <laughs> fair enough yeah all right well i will go ahead then and tell you guys about the case around jasmine fiore my information mostly comes from investigation discovery ABC News and then EW.com because you know you gotta you gotta throw in it's up there with people exactly you gotta (laughs) throw in a spicy source is the thing you gotta have the factual stuff but then you also gotta look at the spicy stuff too just Mm -hmm. to make sure you're looking there you gotta look at it from all angles Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like any good research of course (laughs) of course this case was actually in multiple articles that I saw. They're like, this reality, this mm. case changed reality mm-hmm. TV. And I was like, well, that's... Did it! <laughs> that's significant. But we'll get there. Because her case is, honestly, like, bigger than reality TV. Like, I think it's kind of, like, a little bit rude to her to be like, reality TV, that's what we got from this. But I'm like, she was a whole-ass person. That was the only thing that impacted Exactly. Reality TV. That was the thing. Not the lives. <laughs> not the lives. Not the fact that she was a great person. Mm-hmm. I think they get hung up on it because a lot of people say, like, one of the first things you notice about her is that she is gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. she was beautiful. She did have an amazing personality. From a young age, Jasmine was ambitious and driven, and at the age of three, she earned the nickname General Jasmine. Oh. Because she was very much like, this is what I want, and this is what we're going to do to get there. I appreciate. She seemed like your type of person. She knew exactly what she wanted, and no matter how unattainable it seemed, she was going to do whatever she needed to do to get it. As she grew up, her friends say that her driven attitude only got stronger, and she had a great work ethic. Once she had a goal set, she was not going to stop until she achieved it. Aside from that, her friends say she was just, like, basically the best person that you could ask for. She was reliable. And, like, she was very motivational as a person, too. Like, being around her made you want to do better for Mm -hmm. yourself, too. Now, Jasmine, because she was so, like, physically attractive, knew that was something she could leverage to get her places in life like she understood like i can use this to my advantage so she decided to pursue a career as a model she ended up moving to vegas where she worked as a bikini model and it was while she's on this career path living in vegas that she met a man named ryan jenkins ryan was honestly a low-tier reality tv star i was gonna say he was the lower echelon of reality TV. He'd been a cast member for the show Megan Wants a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And he did have enough of a personality that he was cast in a few other VH1 shows yeah. afterwards. So he could have been going places. In a Megan Wants a Millionaire interview, Ryan described himself as, quote, a little bit of a Prince Charming, a little bit of a bad boy. He was a smooth talker, and his co-stars actually did have a lot of really great things to say about him. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah, they said he was laid back and seemed really down to earth in spite of the fact that, like, he was one of the more popular people on that show. I just think any man that says, I'm a little bit of Prince Charming, I'm a little bit of a bad boy. Yeah. Too audacious. 
it was way too much. Like, He's a 10. <laughs> w- yeah. Would not, would not go there personally? No. Like I mentioned, he was a smooth talker. I guess. And you gotta be with that. <laughs> Jasmine, one of her, like, big goals for life, like, she wanted to have, like, this great epic romance. Sure. So when Jasmine met Ryan and Ryan was just, you know, being his TV personality self, she was crazy about him. She told her friends that she'd met a great, charming, funny guy, and their relationship went from zero to 100 in the blink of an eye. A few days slash weeks after meeting, on March 18th, 2009, Jasmine and Ryan got married. Oh! They went to a little white wedding chapel in Vegas, which, fun fact, is the same place that uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck got married in 2022. People close to Jasmine were like, I'm sorry, what? Ugh, that's so hard. This is a lot. I mean... I don't know. I did tell Alex I loved him before we were even, like, together together. So it's like, kind of get it, though. Right. I think think people were just taken aback because she was usually, like, yeah, she was someone who knew, like, once I know what I want, like, I'm going to get this. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, that makes sense. But also, like, this is a whole-ass person that we don't actually know that well. People were kind of like, all right, I guess we'll just see so how this plays out. So it was very out of out. character for her. Well, it wasn't necessarily out of character. It was just somewhat surprising. Okay. Now, the whirlwind of their relationship was a lot, but it did quickly come to an end. Mm. By June of that year, Jasmine filed charges against Ryan for domestic abuse. While out at a poolside club, <sighs> Jasmine had said something that apparently Ryan took issue with. And yeah. he hit her in the arm with so much force that she fell into the pool. Fully clothed. If he's doing this in public, what is he doing at home? It was the event that was a catalyst, though, for her to be like, this is, this ain't it. Sure, yeah. I'm going to file charges. We're going to break up. Which, like, good for her. This is done. And it was through filing these charges that Jasmine found out she wasn't the first woman that Ryan was violent with. So, in 2007, Ryan had been charged with assaulting a former girlfriend, Fern mm. Jewell. Now, that was a key point in time for them, obviously, as it would be in any relationship. Uh-huh. Her friends were super happy. They were like, great, we have noticed, like, changes in your personality since you have gotten married to this guy. And obviously, he's not treating you right, so we're super glad that you're away from him. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ryan just got more and more manipulative towards Jasmine. Friends of his from this time explained that he basically found every button she had and exploited it for all that he could. So it's at this point, she's like, I'm going to live my life. And he got cast in another show called I Love Money 3. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which was shooting in Mexico. So they're kind of like, hey, we're going to spend this time apart. And he's like, oh, but, like, I love you. Don't throw away our relationship. Just Ryan was super jealous of the fact that she was just out living her life in Vegas. Sure, yeah. And they would have phone calls where he'd be like, so what have you been up to? Where have you been, like, what have you been hanging out with? Like, whatever. Um, acting one way with her on the phone. And people on set were like, you could tell he was getting pissed off. Mm. 
when he was like on the phone with her, he was very clearly jealous of what was going on while constantly trying to manipulate her. He was like, I'm going to win this money and I'm going to come back and we're going to get back together. And you know, we're going to have the life that we want, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Wait. Yep. He was like, we're going to fix our problems by me winning money and I'm going to be nice to you now. But didn't he already have money? He did not have a million (laughs) dollars. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no. I didn't do a ton of research into it, but based on, like, some interviews I read, it seems like Megan Wants a Millionaire was, like, some people are millionaires and some people are not. And it's, like, a dating show. And it's, like, maybe she's going to get a millionaire and maybe she's not. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I don't know that for sure, but that is. That's that's okay. That was my understanding of it based on what I read. Maybe I should have Googled that a little more intensely. Oh, no, that's fine. I just was under the impression the every contestant no. is like the bachelor you know how it's like yeah no <laughs> so. no uh one of the other guys that they interviewed who like said a lot about ryan specifically he was like i was not a millionaire when i was on that show oh. like i had like did they have decent some amount of assets sure. oh, but okay, okay, okay. like if you want to talk about like am i a millionaire no, no. yeah so you know interesting interesting points yeah he is just still manipulating her from a distance and is basically like, I'm going to change, whatever, things that abusers do. Yeah. So shooting for the show ends and Ryan flies back to Vegas. And on July 27th, he decides to craft this email talking about forgiveness and love. And, you know, he really just wants to be with Jasmine. And if she can really just look past the craziness. They're going to have this great life together. They'll be together forever. He's never going to love anyone else. He's never going to leave her. Whatever. Again, end of July, this is happening. Jasmine decides to give him another chance. Real fast. They yep. met same year, right? Yes. This, this is, is all, with- all okay, okay, okay. This is all within a span of months. Just making sure. Yes. By mid-August, so not quite the 15th yet. It mm-hmm. is August 13th, I think. They're seen in Vegas together. They're checking into another hotel. They're giving their relationship a second chance. They're staying at this hotel so they can go to, like, the pool bar and all that. Sure. Vegas-y shit. Yeah. And then on August 15th, a suitcase was found in a dumpster outside of that hotel. And inside of that suitcase Mm -hmm. were human remains. Mm -hmm. Now, as I'm sure you guys are already picking up, like, the remains were Jasmine. Her teeth and fingers had been removed Uh to attempt to slow identification, and her body had also been severely mutilated in an attempt to hide her identity. But she had breast implants, and so they just took the serial number and were like, immediately, here's who this person is. She's kind of brilliant. (laughs) Honestly. And as soon as Jasmine was identified, they were like, we got to find Ryan. And he was fucking gone. Oh. So it turns out Ryan was originally from Canada. He decided, like, going to cut a trail back there. The FBI is like, he's for sure going to try and get back to Canada. So they went ahead and put him on, like, their most wanted list. Yeah. They offer a $25,000 reward for turning him in or, like, providing the information that leads to his arrest. Yeah. In an interview with ABC, Brad Garrett, a former FBI profiler and ABC News consultant, said, 
quote, it's the kind of case that would get prosecuted for capital murder because it's so, so horrendous. These horrible acts of removing her fingers or pulling her teeth. He's only thinking about, this is going to cover it up for me. So someone else will get blamed for this Jane Doe in a dumpster. Mm. So they were taking it very serious. Like, they're like, this is very clear. Like, there is a clear trajectory. The whole whirlwind romance, the love bombing, the abuse, the frustration that they're separated, and then the I'm going to get her back and now nobody else can have her. Mm -hmm. After seven days, they found Ryan, finally, in Canada. He was in a hotel room in British Columbia. And he was found having hanged himself. Now, he did make it to Canada undetected. Um, It was suspected by authorities that Ryan knew, like, there is no way that he was getting out of this. Canada was going to kick him back to the States. Yeah. Like I mentioned, Jasmine's murder was already being considered a capital offense because of all of the mutilation that occurred. Sure. Now, after Ryan's suicide, the rumor mill went wild. His family came out very loudly. Oh, oh, mm. oh, just you wait. Mm, I was reading it and I was getting heated. Uh, and I'm like, this is Maybe. Isn't <laughs> they claim that Jasmine is the one that changed him and that she was just a horrible, toxic person that they were like, you need to get out of this relationship. Okay. Meanwhile, I mean, <laughs> literally everybody else is like, hey, Look at his history of violence. Yeah. Look at all of these receipts. Look at this clear trajectory. And, lo- like... Yeah. Also, I feel like maybe we keep some of our opinions to ourselves. hmm Whether it's good or bad, anytime you have parents... Yeah. ...commenting on someone... Yeah. Because the parents are always, like, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. I don't believe this. I don't think this could be a real thing. Like, even when all the evidence points one way. Right, right, right. They're like, I just really don't think that that's a thing. Because they're the parents. They don't want to believe that their child could be capable of something like that. Right. Um, Which, like, from a human standpoint, I get. However, like, somebody out here doing it. Either way, one thing that did stick out, at least socially, was VH1 coming Uh forward and making it clear they had no idea about his, like, violent past. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. And some, like, they were not aware of his criminal record, which, like, people were like, why did you not know that he used to, like, abuse his girlfriend? Right. Because it feels like you should be running a background check on people before you're putting them on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this whole experience led VH1 to revamp their vetting process, and several other production companies followed suit in the hopes that they could decrease the number of potentially dangerous people falling into fame or influence. And obviously, there's still plenty of problematic people within that industry, and uh-huh. it's uh, it's not a true, like, resolution to solving the no. problem of I appreciate that, the effort, though. But, exactly, and it was a significant shift in yeah. how they handled their vetting processes within that industry. So, yeah, that is, again, Ryan's family maintain that they're blindsided by everything. But Jasmine's family and friends were ultimately left missing the person they said could have reached for the stars and actually obtained them. Yeah, that's really hard. That's the story of Jasmine Fiore.
So it's really sad. Well, if you came to listen to this podcast for a good time. Yeah, if you came for laughs, you came to the wrong podcast. <laughs> it's not it. This is not that one. No. I feel like in both both cases, there's just so much, like, unknowns. Yeah. And it's like, I really feel bad for, like, everybody involved. Anybody that was impacted by, yeah. it, like, in either one of these cases, I just kind of, like, feel bad for, like, yeah, genuinely. <laughs> it's yeah. awful. And there was, like, a lot more that I couldn't find enough, like, substantiated yeah. because there was just so many rumors. Yeah. Like, and I would see one thing reported here and then one thing reported there and whatever, and I'm just like, I just, ugh. There's a lot more you can say, and people are like, I was impacted in this way. And I don't want to diminish, like, that, but at the same time, I'm also like, if I don't see anything corroborating that. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. For sure. So, yeah. Anyways, weekly verdicts? Yeah. Okay, this week, my weekly verdict is that I got a new sweater that I'm wearing right now. It's a very nice sweater. I like it. It's like, I almost didn't buy it. I have this really hard time. Like, I am currently struggling with my body. We're talking about it in therapy. We're doing the work. But I have a hard time, and I don't have a lot of clothes to wear because I'm just not really... I have clothes that I can wear, but I'm not comfortable in my own skin. And so I just feel like nothing looks good on me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm going to get some new clothes that I feel like are flattering. And make you feel good. And make me feel good. Yeah. It's a very cute sweater. Thank you. So I, like, went and I tried on, like, a lot of things and I got really frustrated. I hate that. But you know what? I got this. It's super comfy. It's, like, just right for the weather that we're having. Which sucks. And, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it makes me happy. Yeah. It's a it's a good sweater that you can dress up or down yeah. depending on what you want to do. So. Well, also, like, I layered it because I wasn't sure what my day was going to entail. And I was like, I can, like, I could take it off. I could do more. I could add more layers. I could yeah. do whatever I want with it. And it's got a nice little zipper. Yeah. I, I love like a it. zipper. Yeah. I have, like, a, a, a gray pullover. Very similar, like, especially mm-hmm. with, like, the zipper on the front and, like, the collar. Yeah. It's very similar. It's, like, one of my favorite things. Yeah, I'm it's really... like such a nice looking sweater that it's and it's and it's comfy. This is the comfy. Easiest thing to put on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Like, I have a lot of cute like summertime clothes. That's my least favorite time. I the summertime. I do not like to get dressed in. I just summertime. It's always it's shorts and a t shirt, and I have like a lot of nice like t shirts and tank tops and or a sundress. Like summer is so easy for me. Yeah, I just hate it. But winter. That's my time. Weather, no. The layers, the bundling, the scarves. Negative. The hats. That's a no. Love it all. I hate it. A good turtleneck? Mm, chef's kiss. No, thanks. Feels <laughs> too constricted. Can't do it. <laughs> I own one turtleneck. And it's not even really a turtleneck. It's like a, a like a bunchy cowl neck situation. Yeah. Oh, that's good too. It's, I love a good scarf. I'll give you a scarf. I'll give that one to you. I probably have too many of those things that I don't wear them. <laughs> that around. we can't wear because yeah. we live in South Carolina. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from Florida, so to me, this is cold. No, I mean, I'm cold. Don't get me wrong. So. But, like. Also, I, I'm buying clothes for my future, like, when I dress a little bit more professionally than ah, I currently do. Ah, yes. So that's what I'm. That's nice. That's what I'm preparing myself for. Yeah. When I'm, like, working in a cold office, that, yeah. like, mm, this scarf isn't going to kill me. <laughs> I tried on a skirt today. Oh, yeah. And I was like, 
Well, I don't like it enough to necessarily buy it because I don't work in an office. And it's like, if I worked in an office, I would probably buy it because I could be like, I can wear it to work and also, like, dress it up. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't do that. Therefore, I was like, I don't like it enough to want to wear it out. I don't really wear dresses and skirts a ton to work. There's, like, a couple that I will, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. My weekly verdict. Well, it's such a dumb thing. I'm going to say Christmas presents. Yeah. Me and Alex are exchanging them. I told you this earlier. Mm-hmm. We're exchanging them. Well before Christmas. Yes. Also, I'm really excited because he he's guessed it, but I keep telling him I have no idea what he's talking mm-hmm. about. Critical Role, the D&D thing yeah. that we watch. They came out with wrapping paper that uh, you can buy. So I bought him like the purple and I think red wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. So Very nice. I'm also excited for the wrapping paper. That's I'm a good. <laughs> it's okay. That, you would have been so proud of me. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I only bought one roll of that oh, wrapping paper. Yes, when we went to Target. Yeah. Yes. And so I went and bought more wrapping paper this week. And I stayed within the theme. Oh, my goodness. And I, even, I love a theme. I even bought Ian wrapping paper <laughs> that stays within a theme so he can wrap his gifts <laughs> within the theme. It just is so nice. And then if you take a picture with all of it together and it's all pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, and I didn't even mean to do it. It just happened. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Is this what it feels like to have your life together? It does. There are brief moments in my life when I'm like, ah, yes, I've got it. And then other times, very much so, not at all. But mm. wrapping gifts, that's the one time I'm like, I have my shit together. Yeah, no, I was like (laughs) yelling at Ian. I was like, you have to stay in the living room. You cannot come out. I'm wrapping your present. Yeah, Alex was wrapping my presents the other night, but like, he has been home Anytime I'm here and I have time to wrap something, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm about to hit him just Amazon boxes, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do if he doesn't relieve. We we exchanged one gift early. I gave him the Critical Role cup. Yeah. I think I told you about it changes colors. Yeah. So I gave him that. He gave me a Keep Reaching Out Your Hand t-shirt from the Akatar series. Yeah. So I was really excited for that, but I think I'm the most excited for his stupid Sazerac pin. It's a great pin. You. It's a great pin. <laughs> it's like the tiniest uh. present. Yeah, no, Ian and I basically, like, we do stocking stuffers. Yes, I still have to do that. And I'm then four. otherwise, it's usually just, like, we get each other, like, one one big present, which is usually the fun present, and then we get each other a practical thing. This is in a perfect world. That's the world of which I live in, where it's like we have a, a budget, yeah. we don't spend over that. But I'm engaged to Alex, and... Yeah, that doesn't exist. That does not exist. So he has been, like, buying me gifts, like, since before my birthday. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but you also have a birthday and Christmas yeah. back-to-back. So I'm just like, either I spend a small fortune, or... or it's definitely not even. Yeah. But I guess his, like, big birthday thing, I got I um bought him tickets to go see Beetlejuice at the Peace Center. Oh, yes. I'm kind of dreading it, but that's fine. <laughs> I was literally talking to Ian the other day about, like, should we get tickets to go to that? The tickets were not badly priced, I yeah. will say. Yeah. It was, like, I don't know, 150 for two. It's not bad at which all. It's not bad at all, no. But that's in, like, the beginning of March, and then we go to Boston in May, and yeah. then, like, late June or July, we're going back to the Peace Center to see six. So. Nice. Very busy. Yeah. No. We made a deal that we can only, like, he has... <laughs> Like, Alex is going with him to that one hockey yes, game. Yes. So we have Boston, and then at the end of the month, he has that. 
and then I have Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and then we were like, after Taylor Swift, That's we're it. taking like a three month break, <laughs> yeah, from like spending money and planning trips, yeah, to like reach some financial goals, fix some things in our house, stuff like that, for sure. Twenty twenty four though. Next year, me and Alex are getting a budget because yeah. you got a wedding to pay for. Yeah. Anyways, yes. Hope you guys enjoyed this installment of Luminol Cocktail, mm-hmm. and will we? Yeah, will we? I don't know. We're already drunk. If my finger, <laughs> if my fingers, if my fingers, if my tongue can figure out how to work, Jesus Christ! Just kidding. We're actually having a stroke. <laughs> actually, so I'm gonna go to the hospital. <laughs> It's been real. Remember when I thought it was amnesia? (laughs) This is going so well. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for putting up with it. Uh, We'll be back next week to serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktail.